Hello, and welcome to the Bible Initiative Podcast. My name is Tim Fritzen. I'm the lead pastor at Liberty Christian Fellowship. We're excited to be walking alongside you through the large story of Scripture, Genesis to Revelation. And one of the things we want to do along the way periodically is stop and take a look backward at where we are so that we position ourselves and situate ourselves in the story going forward. And so as we're walking into the book of Exodus, one of the things we want to do is stop and take a look back at the book of Genesis. And so we're going to do that today in a podcast we're calling Recapping Genesis. Genesis. You can split the large structure of Genesis into two general parts. The first is Genesis 1 to 11, which is a general uh, foundational telling of the beginning of the world and the origin of humanity and the presence of sin in the world. And then Genesis 12 through 50 begins a an account of a specific family line and one specific people group that God is going to use for a specific purpose. Let's start with Genesis 1 to 11. The first two chapters of Genesis tell of creation. In them, we see the power and character of God on display, that he's eternal and timeless. He has no beginning and no end. He's powerful in that he creates out of nothing. He's sovereign and has authority over all things. And we see that the pinnacle of his creation is humanity, Adam and Eve, who God desires to live in relationship with. He's gracious, giving us what we haven't done anything to deserve, such as life and food and a place to live. He has the right to command. Because he's creator, he has the right to set the boundaries whereby creation is able to function. And so the first command that he gives is not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One of the main things we see in the story of creation in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 is that God creates with purpose. And the purpose is this, that through his creation, his glory would be seen and would be magnified in all the earth. The next section of Genesis is the fall. That takes place in chapter Genesis chapter 3. The fall is the name used to describe the entrance of sin into the world. After being tempted by Satan, who speaks through a serpent, Adam and Eve eat from the tree of, knowledge, of the knowledge of good and evil. And with this, sin enters the world. You can think of sin as missing the mark of God's holy standard in action or attitude. It's not merely behavior. It's a condition that all of humanity has received from Adam and Eve. And from this time forward, from the eating of the fruit forward, all of humanity is born with a sinful nature. We're born with an inherent bent toward breaking God's holy standard. In fact, all of humanity is completely incapable of perfectly upholding God's holy law or standard. One final important thing we learn about God is that he's holy. He can have nothing to do with sin. Because of this, Adam and Eve are forced to leave the garden. We learn that death, physical, spiritual, and eternal, is now a reality for all of humanity. And from this point forward, from Genesis chapter 3 to the end of Revelation, the Bible is the story of God working to redeem humanity from sin and from the reality of eternal separation from him. The next major section of Genesis is the flood account in the story of a man named Noah. Sin has become so great on the earth that God's heart is grieved, and he's going to bring judgment on the earth by flooding it and destroying all of humanity. But in his mercy, he decides to save the human race through a man named Noah. So Noah builds an ark, and God brings two of each animal uh, to the ark, and through it, all of creation is saved. What we learn about God is that He has the right to dictate how humanity is to live and that he's just in his judgment when we fail to live up to it. That God, who's the creator of all things, who is holy and righteous, is just in his judgment of sin. The final portion of 
the beginning chunk of Genesis, Genesis 1 to 11, takes place uh, at the Tower of Babel. And after the earth has been repopulated after the flood, humanity comes together in order to build a tower so large that they can, quote, make a name for themselves. And in response to this, God scatters humanity all over the earth. He confuses their language, and he disperses the human race from, from living closely associated with one another. That beginning portion of the book of Genesis, Genesis 1 to 11, sets the stage for a specific story that plays out beginning in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 through 50 is an account of one specific family line, one specific people group that God is going to use for a specific purpose, and that purpose is to redeem humanity from their sin. That account begins with a man named Abraham who receives a covenant promise from God. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3, God tells Abraham, Go from your country and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And by faith, Abraham believes this promise, and we're told that because of his faith, it is credited to him as righteousness. This is really important for two reasons. Number one, it lays the foundation for the rest of the story of Scripture. God is going to redeem humanity, people from every tribe, nation, and tongue, from their sin through the family line of Abraham. Ultimately, this happens through Jesus on the cross. And here in Genesis, it begins to be fulfilled through Abraham and his descendants. The second reason it's important is this. Faith is the means by which a person is saved. That was true for Abraham. It was credited to him as righteousness because he believed God's promise. And it's true today that we are saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. From Genesis through the end of the Bible, faith is the means by which a person is saved. Isaac is the next main character of Genesis. He's the promised son of Abraham. And it's through Isaac that the family line of Abraham is going to begin to grow. And that starts to play itself out pretty quickly. Isaac has two sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau is the older, Jacob is the younger. And Jacob, by his very nature, is deceptive. He is a deceiver. He takes Esau's birthright or inheritance from him. He then deceives Isaac into blessing him instead of Esau, thus conferring the covenant promise of God onto Jacob instead of onto Isaac's older son, Esau. Jacob then has 12 sons of his own. The final main character of Genesis is Joseph, Jacob's 11th son. Joseph is sold into slavery by his older brothers because they're jealous of Jacob's love for Joseph. He's then taken to Egypt where he ends up serving in the house of Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials. After some time serving there as a slave in Potiphar's house, he ends up in prison after being falsely accused of trying to initiate a relationship with Potiphar's wife. After being released from prison, he interprets one of Pharaoh's dreams, predicting seven years of plenty in Egypt, which are followed by seven years of famine. And Pharaoh ends up putting him in charge of managing that 14-year stretch of saving food during the years of plenty and of rationing and distributing that food during the famine. And it's through this position that Joseph is able to save his brothers and father from from the famine. Thus, Jacob and his family, the Israelites, Abraham's descendants, end up in Egypt, which brings us to the end of the book of Genesis and to the beginning of the book of Exodus. What's important to note here 
is that throughout the lives of all four of these individuals, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, God is working at all times, actively moving forward his will to redeem humanity from their sin through the family line of Abraham. And it's an incredibly important step in doing so that the Israelites end up in Egypt, because it is in Egypt where the book of Exodus takes place. If you haven't been reading with us up to this point, Exodus is a great time to jump in. The first 15 chapters of Exodus are one of the most remarkable sections in all of Scripture. And if you want to catch up with us, you could do so by reading Genesis 1 through 4, Genesis 12, Genesis 37, which is the beginning of Joseph's life, and then the last few verses of Genesis 50. By reading those, you would be caught up with us and could join us through Exodus and the remainder of the Old Testament. If you've been reading with us, hopefully this has been a good brief overview of where we are leading up to this point. It's important to keep the big picture in mind as we go. Hopefully this has been helpful toward that end. As always, you can find more information and resources at www.thebibleinitiative.com. We look forward to continuing to walk through the large narrative of Scripture with you as we move out of the book of Genesis and into the book of Exodus. And we're praying for you as you do your reading this week.